Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Magically Cruisy, the cruise podcast where we share our personal cruise tips and reviews to help you make the most out of your next cruise. My name's Kieran, and I'm an independent travel agent specializing in all things Disney, cruise, and North America, and I'm joined by my fellow co-host. You guys want to say hello? Hi, I'm Sarah, and I cruise over at Extraordinary Chaos, cruising for all and many travelers, and let's just address the elephant in the room that I'm wearing sunglasses. But I've had a bit of an accident, so this I look better with them on than off at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Scary. Sorry, Donna, you. Hello, I'm Donna. I'm the other half of Cruising Frog, Cruising with Kids, um, and I also have a website like lovedo.com. Brilliant. And then Sarah, so today you've chosen our topic for today. So do you want to jump off and introduce the topic for this week? Today we're discussing the most highly rated cruise ships, but this is a really interesting poll because it's completely non-biased it's not there's no press decisions involved it's all voted by passengers and it was some research we did based on what website was it donna cruiseline.com cruiseline.com and it's so diverse and the mix is really well spread but as i say it's a passenger poll not biased and the findings are really really interesting Yeah, definitely. I was quite surprised, actually, when I saw the list, when you shared this with me to kind of get my take on it as well. I was really surprised by the cruise lines that appear. And as you say, it's a really nice spread as well. I was expecting it to be purely the six-star lines. It was going to be all the top-end level ones. But it's got a really nice spread of cruise lines on there. I don't know if you guys want to share a little bit then about how the cruise lines were rated before we maybe chat a little bit more about which cruise lines are on the list. Have you got that there, Donna? Of course. Um, So they were all rated on different parts of the their vacation um first part being the embarkation process food and dining onboard activities uh service and staff ship quality and their cabin or stateroom so they was asked to give their points or their maximum amount of awarded points to each of those categories and therefore they came up with the most highly rated in, in each section really as well so what we did was there was different sections, wasn't there? Yeah. So we put everything together. There was a search you could do. We put everything together um, and searched all stars, um, all budgets, and that's how we came up with this, this final list. Yeah. So it was right. split into different categories. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, and they are all completely di- completely different, aren't they, as well? It's quite interesting. Mm. Well, well, I think like my first observation, and we were chatting about this before we started filming, but it's just how many of the Royal Caribbean brand ships are on the list. And we can go through maybe, do you want to do it one by one in the order of highest to kind of, I say lowest, this is still the top of the crop, but do you want to go through one by one in order or should we just jump around as we usually do <laughs> in our style at Magically Cruising? <laughs> I think the one thing I will say is, obviously, I wasn't surprised because I'm a mega royal fan. Um, so obviously they were at the top. Um, but go on, Donna. So where did you, you start, Donna? The top ship was really unusual and probably not a lot of people have been on this one, but it's the Celebrity Expedi- Expedition, which is the one, the slog ship, the luxury ship that goes around the Galapagos Islands. So um, yeah. no wonder that's been voted purely top marks for luxury inside and out, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, and there are some more differences. Celebrity Beyond, Celebrity Apex is on there. Uh, then you've got some Carnival, um, and obviously you've got your Odyssey of the Seas. Um, there's a few two Disney ships on there as well, Disney Fantasy, Disney Tree, and obviously Wonder of the Seas as well, which is one of the largest in the world as well. Celebrity Expedition only holds 48 passengers. Yeah. So 52 weeks a year, 
It holds 2,496 a year, which it holds less passengers yeah. than the Royal Caribbean's smallest ship. Fit. What's the smallest ship? Probably around there. Yeah. In mm, one Yeah, one week. in one sailing. Yeah. In one sailing. That's what I found really surprising about this list. If you look at like number one, which is Celebrity Expedition, which as you say is a tiny ship. So the number of people who couldn't get on board and vote for that ship is going to be quite a small test pool. But then equally then, the second ship on the list is going to be Symphony of the Seas, which is one of the world's largest ships as well. So, And they're very close. There's like point, a point zero point between the two different ships. So it's interesting to see that you know, small ships equally can have that high satisfaction rating as well, which is what people would maybe expect. And that's what the general perception out there in the industry is, is you've got to go small ship if you want that one-to-one service and you want luxury, this, you know, all that type of high-level experience. But equally, you can still sail on a really family-friendly, huge ship, you know, one of the largest capacity ships sailing at the moment in the mainstream category, and still get an amazing level of service as well. And I just thought that was instantly really fascinating to kind of look at that at those top two listings. Because I suppose what, the way that it, the algorithm has worked it out is that they've they've given everything points, so it will be the points that all works out in order. Yeah. So yeah, that's how Symphony of the Seas is, is. So it's had more. Okay, it's had more people vote, but it's still got those points. It's still yeah, got that, people saying yeah. it's amazing. I will say, like on Wonder of the Seas, I, it just embarkation alone, and I think I've had this on Celebrity, Celebrity and Virgin. I know Virgin aren't on this list, but Celebrity and Royal have probably been the fastest embarkation I've had of any cruise line I've ever been on. And given the number of people on board those ships as well, because you do a lot of that embarkation on the app beforehand, you check your passport, you do all your kind of um, safety drill and all that type of stuff before. I've been on the ship within about 20 minutes of getting to port. So literally being dropped off curbside onto the ship within 20 minutes and, you know, being able to get to the buffet, I think is incredible and just goes to show how Royal as a brand have nailed <laughs> 20 minutes from curb to buffet. <laughs> That's how well, I do my ships. <laughs> how quick can I get to the buffet? <laughs> well, it's also interesting to see that they're not all brand new ships either. You've got the Carnival Radiance, mm. um, which is was ordered in 1997. So it's oh, 2000, it was Carnival Radiance. So there's some yeah. older ships on there as well, which is quite interesting to see. And they're not just the brand new ships that have come out, they're ones that are obviously kept their class of luxury throughout, which is really good to know that they're still up there with, with some of the best new cruise ships. Wonder of the Seas is on there, isn't it? Wonder's on there. Simply the Seas, Wonder of the Seas, Odyssey of the Seas. Then you've got Carnival Radiance, as I said, it's one of the one of the oldest ones. Um, yeah, I think it's probably one of the oldest ones, but correct me if I'm wrong, I'm just looking. Jumping in on the carnival thing, what's really interesting about carnival is a lot of people have quite, a, not a negative, I would never, never say negative, but there's a bit of a stigma around carnival being a party ship and about it being kind of, you know, at the value end of the industry. But again, this is more about satisfaction. This isn't about kind of, you know, ratings, about star ratings and this anything. It's about how satisfied customers are for the price they're paying to get on board that ship. That's what oh. makes this really, really fascinating. So the fact that Carnival, which is you know probably the most value cruise line on this list that we have, yep. is getting incredibly well rated. Just goes to show that for the demographic that that love Carnival, they're getting, they feel like they're getting fantastic value for money. They're getting a good all around experience, and they're loving the experience on board. And I, I think that's what's interesting again about this list is that it's showcasing yep. that it's not purely you have to pay a premium to be satisfied by your cruise you can still go on a value cruise line like the Carnival brand and still have an incredible cruise and a lovely time. It's showing as well that it can stand the test of time, an older, an older ship and a different brand. Um, yep. It will be up there with them. It's quite it's obviously got a lot of favourites 
a lot of people that like to choose with them. Well, it's like we've, we've booked Marin, Marin of the Season next year and the, the reason we've booked it is it's a smaller ship and I'm so excited about going Damn. on it because Damn. it's a different type of cruise. But, I mean, if you put those carnival people on maybe a different cruise line, um, and I'm not saying they wouldn't like it, but what I'm saying yeah. is um, everybody's got a cruise line for them and that's, that yeah. is the good thing about this thing. Yeah. He's saying that as long if you find your right cruise line, then you're happy. Well, prime example, Disney. So two Disney ships are on the listing. And I wasn't surprised by these because I absolutely adore the Disney Fantasy. It's up there as mm -hmm. one of my favorite ships I've ever sailed on. But it just goes to show as well that even a niche boutique cruise line like Disney, and they're getting bigger, yeah. obviously, they're building new ships at the moment quite aggressively. But even a boutique niche cruise line that has a very small target audience can still offer that fantastic experience if you are that type of person. But I've said this all along. Yes, Disney is a premium and you can pay quite a lot of money to get on a Disney cruise ship, but their attention to detail, their customer service and the guest experience mm. is by far one of the best in the industry. And those two ships, especially the Dream Class or the Disney Dream and the Disney Fantasy are beautiful ships. They're that perfect, in my opinion, anyway, fine line between calling back to the kind of golden era of cruising that everyone kind of romanticizes, but also being incredibly contemporary with state-of-the-art entertainment technology on board as well. I think they do a really fantastic job of kind of bridging those two different sides of the cruise industry. So I wasn't surprised to see Disney on this list either. And I'm really glad that it's those two ships in particular that made that list. Do you know, actually, talking about Disney, because obviously they've not... It's like, you know, you come to book a cruise and then you think, right, okay, Royal Caribbean, Disney. I, always, I would always choose Royal Caribbean. Obviously, there's a big yeah. price difference. Um, yep. But we've got a family Facebook group with 4,500 people in it. And Disney's rarely mentioned. Yeah. yeah. Do you find that odd? That is very strange, yeah. actually, isn't it? Tends to be yeah. that they all tend to go for mainly um, mentioning Royal and MSC, if I get that. Um, not, yeah. Not a lot of carnivals mentioned either. And, and, the, yeah. and, and it's quite a lot of, we've got quite a lot of American um, readers on the group as well. So that's yeah. surprising. They're not saying celebrity more and stuff like that. Um, yeah, they tend to. We have got a few hardcore celebrity fans, haven't yeah. we? Yeah. In there. Yeah. Um, but not Disney. No. Which what? is actually surprising. The My observation of your group with the people who are maybe thinking of Carnival, I think they know they want Carnival. That's the general concept. Every time somebody's asking yeah. a question, they go, I'm on Carnival this ship doing this itinerary. Is it okay to take families? Whereas I feel like for Royal, a lot of the questions you get are people who are maybe unsure. They're comparing brands. It's just a really random observation that <laughs> I feel like people who, I think they may be carnivals easier for people to understand. So they see the value for money. They go, great, I want that. I'm going to do that. Whereas maybe Royal MSC, because of obviously the reviews by MSC and there's a lot of information about there that's quite polarizing. I feel like people are a little bit uncertain about whether or not to jump straight in easily with um, the MSC and equally with Royal because it is a little bit more expensive than some of the other brands as well. I feel like yeah. people want that extra validation of like, am I going to get good value for money if I do decide to book Royal Caribbean maybe? I suppose so. Uh, because, because me and John are both have our favourites, mm. we do jump in. And, you know, our, our, yeah. our website is, is well, it's okay to be unbiased. It's okay. Yeah. Not, yeah. Well, we are biased, but we're biased on what yeah. we like. It's, it's okay Absolutely. to be honest and not fit with yeah. the trend. And John is happy to say, I love MSC, and I'm happy to say yeah. that I love Royal. And, yeah. But well, then probably, and then, then people jump in and they share their brand. But what I love about that group is that there's never any nastiness. It's always no, nice. Nothing. People are always lovely. They're kind. And if they're not, they're gone. 
this is unrelated to this episode, but I don't know if you saw the tweet that's been going around recently about Icon of the Seas, and it leads into this kind of the way you talk about crews. So there's a lot of commentary going around. So I think Lad Bible picked up on it as well of comparing Icon of the Seas to Titanic, and they go, it's six times bigger, and it's a monstrosity, it's ugly, it's this, that, and the other. And I got really angry about it because, A, I love Royal Caribbean. I think they're a fantastic cruise line, and I'm so excited by Icon, Icon of the Seas. And I get really irritated when people gatekeep cruise and they say you should never do that cruise because it's this 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 that, and the other and it comes from a place of everyone's passionate and they love what they love but they you should never really crap on somebody else's idea of what is a fun time or what is a fun cruise yeah there are just- brands that i won't work with there's brands i won't support and there's brands i won't promote but i would never stop a customer from booking it if they wanted to because we all like different things no. so icon yeah. for me is is heaven on the seven seas type of thing whereas you certain brands I, you wouldn't get me on them if you paid me type of thing anymore. I'm interested to see Icon. Yeah, and also as well, if that clickbait thing is it? Oh, like everyone's like, oh, this is the worst thing about the ship. This is the worst. Yeah. Thing about okay, you have got. If there's something, we will always put things in if we thought, oh, actually, that's probably not the best thing. But um, yeah, we'd rather just do unbiased. This is what it is. This is what it's like. And then you can always have your personal favourites, can't you? But then that's down yeah. to you, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. But giving the facts, I think the facts yeah, no. are more important than opinions. Yeah. Yeah. So there are other brands involved. In this. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's like 20% so, of the Caribbean are amazing. And then I'm the others. I know. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah. So then we've got Viking Sky, which is the brand I've not sold on, but no, I think it's definitely up there on the wish list. It's um, something that will book, definitely, um, yeah. because the ships look amazing. Oh, I've missed that Seabone Odyssey. Yep, they're on there. Seabone Odyssey, it's above them. Um, So, I mean, we're looking at ships here that hold 450 people. And I know that one of my really good friends has recently sailed on Seabone and she'll never sail on anyone ever again. Really? They picked her up from the door. They just loved the whole experience. I know, literally, they were picked up. Everything was, like, the trips were included, excursions. She said it just, you didn't have to think. They just did everything for you. So... You can see why they're, you know, brands like Seaborn and Viking are sitting up there because really? so not everybody wants the big ship, not everyone wants the raw. I... Some people want the chill and, really? um, so it's just so diverse. So then we've got Seven Seas, then we're into Disney, yeah. then oh Paul, Paul, I can't even say Paul Guigan, or Guigan, 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 right? Small ship. We've done it. literally as as we were doing it, we were like, who are they? No, no, no. Pronounce it. Um, but again, 332 passengers. Smaller, more luxury experiences, small cruise experiences, and very iconic and interesting um, uh, destinations as well. Paul, we can sit in that kind of like luxury yacht experience. Yeah. And this this is a market that is booming at the moment as well. So you've obviously got Ritz-Carlton. They've entered that market now as well. You've obviously got Explorer as well. They've joined the industry with that market. You've got Scenic and, and Emerald as well doing that kind of luxury um, yacht experience. And I think it's really interesting that people are it, it is almost like its own subcategory now within the cruise industry. People who want to do those small yacht experiences where there's like, you know, 40 to 60 cabins on board. You're still getting that amazing six star beyond level of service as well. And it's like really fine dining and tailored to you personally in that bespoke service that, again, as with this list proves, you can still get that service on larger ships like Celebrity. You still get that attention to detail, but you're doing it on a larger resort at sea rather than doing it on the smaller ships where you're going to get kind of very small. There's going to be limited facilities on board. But for some people, not being surrounded by thousands of people at each day is heaven. 
and mm. not for me. I don't think I could see myself doing one of those smaller ship cruises, but I've just is interested in the number of new brands post COVID, especially that have come on board launching into this luxury yacht category. Well, I think, and I was talking to an agent about this when I was on Emma Magna. She was saying that actually, obviously, we've booked the suites for the next for our transatlantic. So we've gone for the suite within a suite experience. And Donna, you always do that. Yeah. And she was saying that actually, you will spend similar booking one of these luxury ships. Uh, yep. as you would so it's sweet class that yeah. transition but yeah for sweet class passengers then it's always a good transition to go over to because what, what happens is your kids grow up and as we know uh then they don't want to do all this stuff and yeah. obviously we've booked Royal Caribbean cruises next year without them because I'm happy to do it and I love it um but then that is probably going to be a transition that we'll do a bit of both because yeah we don't need all that stuff anymore but then we still want to go and we still want that cruise experience that we really enjoy that's what happened in the last cruise because we went for an yeah, older look. ship smaller ship um we still we didn't have it, was, it wasn't msc didn't have yacht club but again we're looking for something different now as well we're not looking for the rock climbing wall and the slow rider no definitely not me anyway um so I, it's a bit different um so that would probably appeal to us a nice luxurious small ship that's that transition thing. And I think talking about that small ship experience, and I think you were saying it as well, Donna, about Paul Guigan and the fact that they go off to kind of, you know, French Polynesia, South yeah, Pacific. Yeah. That's what those ships are offering. They're able to go to destinations that you can't get to on the larger ships. Right. Like on my recent cruise to the Adriatic, I fell in love and I was like, this is an amazing region. And I did think to myself at the time, this would be amazing to do on a small ship and go off to the smaller islands as well and explore kind yeah. of where the larger ships can't get to. And I think that is that, Either you just gravitate towards that, you don't want to go to the mainstream port, or as you say, when you cruise after so many years, you then eventually start going, I need to go off the beaten path and do things that maybe I wouldn't do on the larger ships. So I'm glad that there is also, uh, as much as we're seeing Icon of the Seas and we're seeing Utopia of the Seas, all these new big ships coming on, there's equally now as well a growing industry of kind of the total opposite end of these smaller boutique ships as well that are coming out to take people off on those smaller off the beaten path um, routes as well. And that, that is it as well. I mean, for instance, um, you've got your, your big cruise ships like Symphony and that that sail, tend to do the same itineraries because they can't go to them as well ports. So once yeah. you've done um, Royal Caribbean out of Barcelona, even if you do the one, it's still the same itinerary. It's still, still in Marseille, Barcelona, um, yeah. uh, uh, Becchia. So that's yeah. if you want to do something different, you want to keep doing the same ports, and it becomes more about the destination rather than the ship. So it depends yeah. what you're But on that, when you look at some of our port guides, I mean, because, and we've been working on when we go to these destinations, doing a lot more research yeah. while we're there. And actually, the stuff we've found that we didn't know. No. And for years sailing out of Italy, I mean, I want to go back to Naples because I definitely want to do those catacombs. I didn't yeah. know they were there. This is it. And yeah. I think, so there's stuff that we've missed. Yeah. And I think because you, you get your shore excursion guide, don't you? If you've been not been to a yeah. um, port and you haven't researched it, I normally just look at shore excursions and I go, oh, okay, I can do <laughs> that. But I can do that myself. Um, but actually, it's not, not everything's covered. They just pick it pocket a few different bits don't they yeah and as i said there's yeah many other things you can do in each port i mean i've been to marseille port i don't know probably 10 times and last time the first time we sat, found the palace long show which is where the natural history museum is and it just blew yeah. like i didn't even know this was here but it's not mentioned yeah. their excursion or anything like that so 
you do it, you find different things, definitely, which is what we've definitely found. Uh, Catherine, yeah, it's, it's been, I've actually really enjoyed it, getting into port and thinking, right, we need to find new stuff. Yeah. And it's just been really exciting and Miami was the same. And so it just shows that you can do the same cruise if that's what you want to do. But then it is yeah. also nice. Like I mean, we've sailed on a smaller princess ship years ago and we stopped in uh, home view, it's called now, um, Monaco. And it was incredible. Wow. Yeah. yeah. In Monaco. Actually, you, you oh, stop at Nice, don't you? And go yeah, across. Usually, yeah, you go for it's Villa France, isn't it? And then you just get the uh, yeah. train or uh, yeah, no. yeah. No, it was, we stopped in Monaco. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Just got li- little, 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 what's it called? Tender across and walked up the hill to the Cafe mm. de Paris. Lovely. Which is a whole new story because Jack hated it and cried the whole way up the hill because he was only about <laughs> eight. And... <laughs> well, dear. And then, and then it cost us a million pounds for a drink and he cried all the way back. <laughs> and that's the thing. Crazy kids. You're, look, you're looking to do yeah. things, aren't you? You made that. We just went to the port of um, Genoa, um, and I was looking for like all the amazing um, palaces and all of that sort of stuff. Whereas if I had kids with us, we'd have gone straight into the aquarium next door. So yeah. it's like, got yes, wisely, <laughs> haven't you? Really? <laughs> I think so. You guys are uh, you're creating a lot of content as well now, aren't you? Around port guides and things like that as well. So if anyone's but, looking for kind of advice as well, I know. You guys always do. You do a better job than I do anyway of explaining what's available in port. I'm very much about, here's the ship, look at the ship. But you guys do a great job. So yeah. on your website then, what's the best way if people are trying to find your port guides Thank and the information you. about where to go? Where's the best place? Look, and we can link them obviously down below yeah. as well. But yeah. just as an audio guide, where's the best place people to find any of your port guides? We have a section that's... We have a heading. There's, yeah, cruise ports. And they're all done by a country, basically. Um, and we just... we tend to write what we know so they're all ports that we've been to and there's so many more ports that we haven't even done yet that we've been to um so that way we can sort of uh, when i get off the cruise port now and i'm taking pictures of when a shuttle bus is and everything so i'm saying how to get off the ship where to walk to um as i said but there's there's probably still so many more we can add there's one or two we haven't been to but we've employed local writers so we make sure that with the people that have got the knowledge we're not just yeah um thoroughly researched well, or we ask as well. Sometimes we ask in our um, Facebook group to help people yeah. that have actually been to the ports. So that's always a good thing to do. Um, yeah, we're great there's fan lots. of Google. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is loads. Well, that's, that's the thing. The infill is so bad. We do Google Map everywhere we go. And it normally ends up then look, climbing up some bloody church somewhere and oh, does my head in every time we go. And I'm like, can oh, we just not. do some research? <laughs> can yeah. we do some research and find somewhere we actually want to go rather than just kind of getting into port and going, there's a tall hill, let's climb it. Um but I do like as well because you guys do really great. And Donna, you're really going to find like really cool restaurants and bars as well. So I think on your uh-huh. TikTok, isn't it, and your Instagram, you yeah. share a lot of kind of really nice guides to off the beaten path venues to find yeah. imports and things like that as well. So I think definitely if people want to get a little bit of a different view anyway of what to do import, they definitely should be following you on the socials. Yeah, I, I, I'm fascinated by anything, statues, churches, no everything. Like, uh, it is, it's mad when we go around taking pictures of everything, trying to cram as much in. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do like a bit more interesting things. And I, I always try and find a bit of a hidden gem or a bit of an unusual bar yeah. or restaurant in every destination. I don't just want to go to the first one I see. I want to yeah. always try yeah. for the best one. Um, so that's quite interesting. And so I, so I do actually, I do do a bit of research before I go, to be fair. I do now anyway. I think it's changed the way we travel, hasn't it? Because we, we do the research for the business, but then 
But then I think I feel like when we went to the Dominican Republic, all right, we had that amazing I can't even say, is it Tiano Bay, Taino Bay? But then all our friends then went to a beach and they were a bit like, you're exploring. <laughs> we were like, yep. Yeah. But then I had these, I wanted to find all these things for the for the block and I'm I'm so glad I did because yeah. the pink street and finding out about yeah, the woman that right. actually pioneered travel for Dominican Republic. Yeah. It was a woman. Um, so so yeah. all those things that we found out, and you, we wouldn't, I wouldn't have done it I don't think if it was for the the website that we because it just yeah, made me I want to share that we want to share that with people that are traveling. We were on like the river cruise together though and we were in the same places all the time but the things you guys found but I've watched your content afterwards I'm like I was with you at that time and well, I don't I remember seeing that. any of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't any of that stuff. So you guys have an eye for finding really cool you know elements of different ports and destinations you go into so i think it is an art form that you guys have developed because like i say i've been with you and, I, and i've not picked up on half the stuff that you guys picked up on and the stories you can tell around <laughs> what we see so i think it's, you've got a lot of great yeah. stuff on your website so definitely sometimes i'll see things online and think where is that i need to find where that is and it could be somewhere really random like for instance sure. yeah Vienna, that beautiful yeah art, the view oh, so, yeah we need to go there <laughs> we need to go there I want a photograph of that. I want to see it. So, have we got anything we've not covered, Neil? We, we haven't really talked about celebrity, have we? Yeah, we've got yeah, so the celebrity edge. Obviously, that is a magnificent ship. We've been on that one, um, and that is. I'm quite how many nice. It's on the list, to be honest with you. So, how many edge series <laughs> ships are on there? Are, are all of them on there? So you've got edge, you've got apex. I don't and think, I think beyond, beyond it's beyond on as beyond's well. On yeah, beyond's on there. Well, edge. there you go. That says a lot that all three of the Edge series ships currently in service are all on the list. And it highly does not surprise me again equally about no. Celebrity and the Edge series being on this list because those ships are, they use the phrase game changer and they keep repeating all the time, you know, we're a game changer. I'm like, no, totally. There's no other ship out there doing the things that Celebrity are doing on the Edge series of ships. Just no, no matter what level you're going in, whether you want to go in retreat level, um, have that ship within the ship experience, or whether you're going in kind of the the general populace where the rest of us would be, you're still going to have an impeccable holiday the entire time. I only had three days on board Apex, but I was overwhelmed from beginning to end to just at the level of attention to detail, the, the food the entertainment program, everything. It's almost in a, cl- a totally different class of luxury. I mean, it, the yeah. way the way you've styled the bars and it just seems like really just up there, not just your normal like your normal pub. It just seemed really classy. It's a sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. top end cocktail bar you go into London. You feel like you're there, but it's all on a ship. Yeah, it's got a really nice feel to it, hasn't it? Very modern, well, mm. very modern yeah. feel. Yeah. Did, did Kelly Hoppen design? The whole ship. I think she did, didn't she? She did. No, think, or was she's it just the cabins? The ID for a lot of cabins and some venues on board. It depends on the ship. I know on some of them she's designed different parts of it. There's another interior designer who's designed some of the bars or the outdoor spaces. So it does vary. But she's the definitely the majority of like the cabin spaces. Definitely she's done. But I will say they were there before because. I mean, I've only ever sailed on Celebrity Silhouette, and I that is one of my favourite cruises ever. And everybody, it, it was the Bravo cruise, so everybody was quite mature. Um, so much so that everybody thought we were part of the entertainment scene. But, everybody, uh, but you know what? Everybody on the ship was lovely. Uh, the staff were amazing. The ship was incredible. And just the top deck and just having the grass and the, I mean, 
the back where you've got the grill and you can cook. We didn't cook our own steak because why would we? But Joe got to make a pizza. Um, it's just their specialty dining. I think they were doing specialty dining to be magnificent before anybody else did. Yeah. Um, I think that actually as a cruise line, I just I fell in love with them from that time. And I think we will do loads more on Celebrity, definitely. Yeah. It's just an incredible line. And you can see why people love it. I never really grasped the value for money side of it beforehand before getting on board. And value for money is such a hard thing as a travel agent to explain to people because everyone values things differently. So I've got into, I say arguments, I've got into heated conversations with people when they've gone, I could get the same cruise for this much money with this cruise yeah. line. I'm like, yes, you could, but you're not going to get your Wi-Fi. You're not going to get your gratuities included. You're not going to get your drinks included. You're not going to get specialty dining included. You're not going to get this, that, and the other included. So yes, you're paying less to get on, but you're not going to get the same level of experience that that I'm going to be getting on this level of cruise ship. So it's not as black and white as all cruise lines are identical. Yes, you go to the same places, but the ship that takes you to those places is going to be radically different. And you do really have to kind of open yourself up to understand just how incredible celebrity is compared to some of the other cruise lines in the same category in the mainstream category just oh. that attention to detail the guest to crew ratio as well so the kind of level of service you can get in i don't think i waited five minutes if not even that like less than 30 seconds to order a drink because every single bar oh. there was ample staff there ready to serve me you know your coffee's included as well i think because we had the package though that's why it was included but Something actually, Sarah, because we were on Ambassador recently, and again, they class themselves as value premium, and this is the point I'm trying to make about this. One thing we noticed was once we'd done our main dining room, there was nowhere to get food, was there, on board the ship. So once we ate, we couldn't get a late night snack. (laughs) It's a very small, very small observation about the difference between value and premium cruising. Whereas I know for a fact, if we were on Celebrity, there would be a multitude of places late night in the evening where we could go and get a snack if we wanted to, whether we wanted pizza or burger, hot dog, salad, whatever. There's more options available to you throughout the day type of thing. Whereas on Ambassador, they were kind of saying, oh, you've got to wait until the canopy trays come around. Well, where are they going to come around and when, what time? Oh, we don't know yet. We'll wait and see. (laughs) Or you can go to your cabin and order room service. So I'm like, but I'm in the lounge and I'm, I'm enjoying myself. That's the difference between value and premium, ultimately. Yeah. It's you give them more choice and that attention to detail. There's food available for you pretty much all day available. The lounges are staying open later, whereas on value cruises, they're like, no, all these are closed now. You've got to go to the one that's open at this time. That's the level of service you're getting, basically, when you're paying for that extra premium. Is you more choice available to you at more times throughout your sailing. Yeah, poor Phil was really hangry. Um, and when the can of paste came around, they all had gluten in it, so he couldn't have any good way. <laughs> there was no crisps or anything i mean no it, it was a it was a lovely ship but yeah. it was yeah it's not it's not a knock on any one brand you know it's about what's right for you we value things like that so for us to justify the extra cost to get access to those things late in the evenings totally justify the value on that and that's why it's hard to explain to people isn't it sometimes this yeah is where the value is and I think when you look at this, I think the, the differences are like with the, as, a, as we call them, premium. So you've got your Disney World Caribbean and, and Celebrity. You have got extras. So you've got to pay for your drinks packages. You've got to pay for uh, your excursions. Where with your lights of Seaborn and Viking, everything's included. Many pick you up from the door. So there's a big difference in, in obviously, there's a big difference in price, but there's obviously a big difference in, in what you get. So sometimes yeah. you're probably going to spend similar. Um, but everybody's got a favorite and it's that that's the thing is that 
one line doesn't fit all. I, I guess we don't want to name names type of thing, but we've we've observed this ourselves with the cruises we've been on. We've been on some cruise lines and we've gone, great, these are our people. We're all around other people who are like us. They travel the same way we do. And then you go on other cruise lines, so you're kind of like, yeah, these aren't people that I would usually hang out with or socialize with. That's not a bad thing. Everyone runs in different circles and different bubbles type of thing. Um, but I think those cruise lines that you resonate with, you'll resonate with them for a reason. And it's because they yeah. are very much aimed at like-minded people. Sounds really Definitely. snobby and it's not a snobby thing at all. Not a snobby no, thing at all. No, but I think it is. It's like with our boys, Royal Caribbean is aimed at people that are sport mad and that is why the brand, even though they went on previous stage, didn't they, where we're not cruising anymore, as soon as we booked a Royal Caribbean cruise and didn't book them on, it was like, <laughs> oh, can, can, can you can yeah. you add me? <laughs> so, you know, one, one of a, I was like, yeah, but you don't want to cruise anymore. But, oh, yeah, but yeah, but it, you got a Royal Caribbean and it, it'll have a playmaker so I can watch sport and <laughs> so I'll come. So, um, yeah. you know, it's... Um, but because they're sporty, that, that line works for us because they can go and watch Women's World Cup the whole week if that's what they want to do, which is what they did. But then if they were on other cruise lines, maybe they might be a bit bored because they're, they're, they're not getting their sport fix and they're then using all the Wi-Fi to follow the sport. And So with all the 15 ships on, on the article that we covered, um, that was a total of over 8,000 votes on cruiseline.com. So that's quite a lot and it's all been recognised for their exceptional amenities or luxury um, within their ships. So, yeah, that's quite interesting really, isn't it? And you can find that whole list on our website um, if you look at most highly rated cruise ships. And we'll pop the link into the podcast. But uh, it's really important to say that this is a finding of one survey, which we found really interesting, but there's a lot of other amazing cruise lines. Yes. I'm surprised that Princess weren't there. I really am because yeah. that's got yeah. such a huge following. So I'm surprised Princess weren't there. And there's a lot of cruise lines that weren't there. Um, but, you know, we're not saying these are the best cruise lines in the world. We're saying no. these no, no, no. Uh, my favourites are in there. But yeah. um, it's just interesting findings. And it's, it's, it's the one line doesn't fit all scenario again, isn't it? Definitely. No, no. I think it's really interesting, as you say, and I'm I'm really proud actually for the industry, not for me, uh, that it's a nice spread of cruise lines. You know, you've got family cruise lines, you've got ultra luxe cruise lines, you've got, you know, exploration cruise lines. It's really nice that it's a nice spread. And I think it does a good job of exemplifying how broad the cruise industry is, which is why we thought we'd do this episode is just to say like, yeah, you know, there is no one size that fits everyone. There's no one ship that fits everyone. You can have a fantastic cruise line on pretty much every one of the brands, as long as you know what you're getting yourself in for, which is why we created this podcast and why we're doing what we do is to hopefully mm. help people find the right cruise line for them. Before we go, I'm just going to ask one quick question then, and I'm going to put you on the spot. Out of those 15 ships, if you could only sail on one more cruise ever again, and you have to pick one oh, of those 15 ships, which one of those ships would you pick? So, Donna, you seem quite excited. Are you ready to go first? Well, only one. That's really hard. So, because I've done a few of those ships, and then, and obviously talking about the small ship, big ship, and the luxury side of things, I think I'd go with a celebrity exhibition. I think that would be a really, really? amazing experience. Um, really? Down around the Galapagos Islands. It looks fantastic. Yeah. But that's what I would go with. Second choice, probably been a... Wonder of the Seas, maybe. I done a webinar with celebrity about them, their expedition cruises, and yeah, they they looks incredible, very special, yeah. unique. 
really incredible um, ships. Sarah, same question to you then. If you could only pick one, which one would it be? Well, I'm having two because Donna had two. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> Number one, um, Wonder of the Seas, because I was meant to sail on Wonder of the Seas in a suite last year and we had to change it, didn't we? Because the UK government, thank you, changed the GCSEs. So that Wonder of the Seas would be number one. Number two, um, no, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Celebrity, Celebrity Apex. Yeah. You do like the bigger ships though, don't you, as well? <laughs> Not that size yeah. is everything, but when it counts, it counts. <laughs> what's that thing? I, I like big ships, but I yeah, well, see. we like, I like I like sailing in sweet cars, unfortunately, and I like I like sailing in yacht clubs. So that's why I think I'd really like the little tiny like yeah, because I like yeah, that ship experience, yeah. that little bit we get away from all the crowds. I like that. We're lucky enough to be able to do it, but um, yeah. In Apex, I wouldn't feel, but I've been sailed on separate. I wouldn't feel I'd have to stay in suite. I mean, I don't always stay in suite on Royal Caribbean. Um, it's, it's, it's like one of those, it's a treat for me. But yeah, Apex, Celebrity, I wouldn't feel I'd need to. But on one day, I might want to just because I want to go in that yeah, area, that neighbourhood area. It is lovely. I got to have a little look around it. There's the Retreat Sun Deck area. Um, not Retreat, sorry. The Sweet Sun Deck area. And it is cool. It does have amazing views. Really nice and you've got an amazing view of the ship, but also you're a little bit further away from everyone as well. So I was like, hmm, I, I get the allure of this now. I, maybe this is why I'm starting to change my opinion as well on ship within a ship experiences because um, I finally, as a travel agent, been able to get inside them for a change. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I can see why I can see why people would like this. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> well, it's like going to London and staying in a boutique hotel. That's the way I'd see it. You're going back to your tiny hotel for the small service, but then you've got the whole of London on your doorstep. Mm-hmm. So, Kieran... That's a just- very good way to look at it. What about you? So for me, I'm going to go back to one of my favourites, the ship that started it all. I would definitely love to get back on board the Disney Fantasy. She, for me, is the quintessential perfect ship. I would just like to, and it's not that I don't like the Caribbean, it's just not my favourite region to sail. I would like to sail somewhere else on her. Uh, we did a lovely transatlantic on the Disney Magic. I would love to do something like that, maybe on the Fantasy and maybe do um, Canada again. Or even Alaska on a ship like the Disney Fantasy would be incredible. So definitely for me, it's Disney Fantasy. If I'm, we're all being greedy and we're taking two, seventy eight pesos. I'm I'm desperate to get to the Norwegian fjords as well. So I would love to do seventy apex in something like one of those gorgeous edge villas. Um, I think to have your kind of and the, this is being greedy. We're talking like twenty thirty grand for a week, um, but to have one of those edge villas, the two story suites with your own private plunge pool, to be able to kind of explore the Norwegian fjords and have that yeah. level of luxury. I think would just be a dream come true one day, but um, maybe one day once I'm a millionaire travel agent, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be able to do something like that. You need a room of reviews, don't you? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That's my biggest cruise mistake I've ever made, I oh. think. Did you not have a balcony? No, because no, it was just like a cheap last minute girls holiday, weren't it? But yeah. And yeah, I'm so glad we did it, but yeah, we should have upgraded. We had the balcony back and it just sailing down that um your anger falls coming through that. They're all normal. Yeah. beautiful. It was amazing. Absolutely amazing. We had the retreat. We had the whole, ret- is it the retreat? Is that what it's called? Yeah. On on a, on um, P&O. Is it called retreat? I'm not sure. Remember. The private area that you pay for. We had the whole of that to ourselves anyway. So it was like having a suite, really. Yeah. We had our own man. And it was amazing. 
<laughs> you honestly, we loved him. He was he stood with his, his umbrella. No. Yeah. You can you can see you can see he was like, Will you just get out of the jacuzzi? Let me go in. <laughs> no, my wine. I'm looking out, I'll get me own man. I'm coming. <laughs> Oh, yeah, have we gave him a lovely. We gave him a lovely <laughs> tip. So oh, yeah. uh, looking after us, that could be taken many ways, couldn't it? But yes. Yeah. But um, <laughs> we'll give you that there then. I see there are some services I can provide, but providing a man in your cabin is not unfortunately <laughs> one of the services that I provide. <laughs> so I think next it, once again we have gone off topic, but it's one of my favourite topics to go off is cruise. So it's been really great to have that chat as well. And I think it's a really great article. You guys did a fantastic job in pulling this information together and kind of getting it out there as well. So I think well done to you guys for that. If, we will link it down below as well, but definitely hunt it down on the guy's website. But as we've mentioned before as well, if anybody wants to find this article or they want to find any of your other kind of um, ship plans, things like that, um, where's the best place to find that online? At Cruising for All or CruisingWithKids.com. And if you guys are ever interested in booking a cruise and you live in the UK, then definitely you can reach out and find me. I'm available online under magical-traveler.com or on Magical TRVLR on all my socials. Other than that, guys, we hope you've enjoyed this episode and we'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye. Bye.